Welcome to Mixtape Music Class. In this virtual classroom, I have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with my students. I select five songs for them, they select five songs for me. Everybody and welcome to this week's podcast. This episode, I'm going to be talking with Kyle in a conversation about some indie music as well as some hip hop. This episode's a little bit different than the previous ones, at least in terms of music and the styles that we're talking about. For all of you Apple users, the podcast is now available in Apple Music, where you find your podcasts. Be sure to subscribe so you can find all the new episodes as they are posted. Again, all the songs are available in the Spotify playlist that can be found on the website. That is mixtapemusicclass.weebly.com. Um, except for one song, which can be found at Bandcamp. And I have the link posted on the website for that as well. One quick note before we do get started, because we're speaking of some hip-hop, one of the songs does have some language that may not be suitable for all listeners. So please be aware as you go to listen to those songs on the Spotify playlist. And now let's get to the conversation with Kyle. Hey, Kyle. Thanks for joining me. Of course. Um, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about your musical background and how we know each other, I guess, and we'll go, we'll go from there. Um, so I have been doing choir stuff uh, since elementary school chorus. I mostly because I joined it because my friends were in it. And now, uh, 10 years later, I've decided to try to make my career somewhat musically oriented. Yeah, that's um, great. Uh, and, you know, more recently, I've been just messing around with different softwares and stuff just because I like making things that sound good that I can listen to when I'm bored or just something to work on in my free time. Yeah, um, so like, what, what are some of the programs you're messing around with? The one I've been using a lot just because I got it for free was a Music Maker, which is like uh, owned by Sony, I believe. It's like bundled in with like Sony Vegas and stuff. Okay. And I want to get into Free Loops because I know that's the big one that a ton of people use. Uh, and I'm hoping to get a Mac at some point uh, to, you know, try my hand at Logic because I know that's the really big one that yeah. I see most musicians like talking about. Yeah, Mac is kind of like the musician's uh, hardware, I guess. And oh, yeah. it works really well. Um, even like GarageBand for like really user-friendly beginner stuff has a lot of options for you as well. I've seen a lot of people um, do all kinds of crazy stuff on like the iPhone GarageBand. Like I saw one the other day where they um, were able to completely recreate like an Eminem instrumental, instrumental from scratch. Yeah. just using that and i think that's insane yeah i just use it <laughs> when i'm bored for the most part but i'd like yeah. to get more into it sure there's there's another cool app i think it's called loopy where you can like loop different things over one another at the same time i think it's a paid app but it might not be like super expensive maybe a couple bucks i think i have one on my phone um it's called ties t-i-z-e okay uh, it gives you it's like a uh, little uh, I don't even know how to describe it. You can just click all the different, like you said, the, the loops. Um, yeah. 
and you can make things with that. You can have them loop or you could manually press everything. Uh, that's another one I've been just messing around with in my, my free time. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. It's great to just be creative and sometimes trial by error is, is the best way to just start experimenting and see what sounds good and, and go from yeah. there. Oh yeah. I listened uh, the other day to some of the stuff I made when I was in ninth grade. I found my old uh, SoundCloud like page where everything was set to private Yeah, and I compared it to some of the stuff I've made like in the more recent months and I was like, wow, okay. Like I can, I, I can see and hear the difference now with just like looking at the files and the complexity of everything that I've made. Sure. Well, and you took music theory and like some other music classes too, right? Yeah, I am uh, currently in a music theory class. So that's definitely been, you know, I've been thinking more about um, just how, how things work from a, not just from a, by hearing it level, but also just a structural level. Um, Cause for years I just, I would make things that I thought sounded good. Even if other people were like, I don't like the way this sounds. Right. I was like, well, I like it. So that's all that matters. Um, yeah. Music theory is kind of all about learning the rules. And then once you know those rules, then you can go and break those rules, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Um, Asan has also been messing around with making his own stuff just because uh, he's in the same music theory class as I am. Yeah. Which is very interesting. Yeah. Awesome. Well, this is going to be interesting because I don't know you as well as um, the previous two. So it was a little bit of kind of a guessing game, I guess you could say, but we'll see how, how we did here. Um, I thought your picks were interesting. So I tried to do a little bit of everything. I went yeah. through my, uh, my Apple music and I was just like, all right, these are songs I really like. There's no real consistent theme with any of them, but uh, yeah. You know. No, that's fine. So we're, we'll get into those. But yeah, I think this is going to be different from the others uh, in that respect. So, I mean, I, I should say I really never had you at all as, as a student per se. When I started Modern Band this year, you, you jumped right in. So I've known you a little bit through that. And obviously just being around in, in chorus and musicals and things, I've, um, I've gotten to know you a little bit that way. But um, other than that, I don't know you as well. So let's see how this goes. All right. So let's jump right in and we'll start with your pick first. And so your first pick was Unshaken and that was by D'Angelo. Yes. So that song, <laughs> I, I only like got into it real hard because it was a uh, like the song for a Red Dead Redemption 2, which was a very good game I played. Yeah, and it's a, when, when uh, I went and looked it up, and I found it on YouTube first before I went uh, on Spotify, and like all the comments were about the video game, and, and so I kind of figured out pretty quickly, like, oh, okay, so this is this is a like a video game song, but I know, like, I've known D'Angelo for a while now, and I really like his stuff, and I'm I'm familiar with it, and so when you put this on, I I was excited first of all that you had D'Angelo on there. Um, but then I was, I was like, I, I'm not familiar with this song. So, but then it makes sense because it was a video game. And um, so it wasn't on an album. Yeah, it was part of the, uh, part of the soundtrack. There's a couple of good songs on there. Um, but Unshaken really, um, like you could listen to it and not even know that it was written for a video game about cowboys. Like it is a very good standalone song and just has just this like, 
uh, power, I guess is the word. I like to listen to it a lot when I'm just like sitting around not really doing much. Because um, it, it's a moving song, especially with the connotations uh, it has in the game. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, and you said it, you know, you can listen to it and not know it was about cowboys. However, that being said, I think it really, when you know that that is what it's about, it really fits that theme oh, yeah. really well. And I think it sounds like that. It sounds like it belongs in a Western movie. Oh, it, it's real good. Um, it's like, it is definitely perfect for uh, the way it's used in the game. Um, I mean, it's a two-year-old, two-year-old game. I don't know if I, <laughs> I should spoil it or not, but it's used during a very pivotal, uh, pivotal moment in the story. Yeah. Um, and it's just, um, and that's why every time I hear it, I think of that moment and it's just like very moving, I guess. Yeah. So for anybody who doesn't know D'Angelo, he's more like R&B, like soul style. And he's been around for, for a while, I think since like the late 90s or maybe early early 2000s. And um, a couple of years ago, he released an album that was like one of my favorite albums of whatever year that was, maybe... 2015 or so and that album was black messiah and it's really good so like i said I, i'm familiar with d'angelo and his other stuff outside of video game soundtracks is is really good so i don't know if you're familiar other than this song at all i am not super familiar with d'angelo i want to get more lately i've been trying to listen to more things that are outside my normal taste and uh <laughs> definitely uh it, that's on the list yeah just because, you know, I really like this song. And I've heard, I don't even remember what, what other song from him, but it was a, I, I really like that one as well. Yeah, so I, I definitely want to get more into D'Angelo as we go deeper and deeper into quarantine. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It, it gives you some time to check some of those out. Specifically with this song, I really like the chill instrumental in the background. Um, it kind of allows his voice, his vocals to be the star of the track, I think. Oh, yeah. Uh, it has just a really good blend of different things going on, like his his voice and the words that he's singing just complement the actual instrumental very very well. That I and I enjoy that a lot. <laughs> yeah, and he has a like really big vocal range, and especially on this track, like he, he's singing really low and it sounds good. But then he goes up with like his high falsetto, and I mean, I think that's probably his his meat and potatoes of his voice. Yeah. The, uh, like the opening when he starts singing, um, just like the very, the very beginning, it's very low. And then when he gets to like the chorus or refrain, it gets really high up there. And just the, the range between those two is insane. Yeah. It's great. So like I said, I, I know D'Angelo, I know a lot of songs. This is one I didn't just cause it wasn't on an, an album or, you know, so Thanks for adding this on the list because this that was nice. I enjoyed this. This is probably my favorite of the five that you gave me. It was the first one. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely one of my favorites too. I um, I have it on my um, like most played thing on Apple Music, um, just because I, I'll hear it and then I'll get towards the end and be like, well, I want to listen to it again. Yeah, and then that'll continue like three or four times because it's a song I can never really get sick of just because of how. Just every time you listen to it, it's, it feels a little bit different. And I yeah. really enjoy that. Yeah, that's great. Anything else to add? Uh, no, I think that's about it for that song. Great. Well, let's move on then. And we'll go to my first song. 
And so this is the sixth superstition, and the artist is Marigot Gazaway. However, the, I mean, really, it's a, it's a blend of two songs. It's a blend of Superstition by Stevie Wonder, and then the song The Sixth Sense by Common. And so Marigot Gazaway is basically like a DJ, producer, I guess you, you would consider him. And he did a whole album of just Stevie Wonder and, and Common. And this is probably my favorite out of that. Yeah, I, uh, I really enjoyed that, uh, that song a lot just because of the sample of superstition uh, and just using that in a very interesting way and just kind of bending the genre in general. Um, Stevie Wonder is one of my favorite musicians. I actually have his greatest hits CD on my shelf over here. Yeah. Um, so here and here in that I was caught off guard originally cause I didn't really know what it was going to be. Yeah. Um, and then I, then I recognized it pretty quick. I actually haven't heard uh sixth sense. So I, 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 I liked it a lot though. I feel like it uses both ends very well. Yeah. It's, it almost seems like they, the, two were meant to go together like it sounds natural it doesn't sound forced like he's trying to just mash up two songs that don't really make sense like it it just works and it sounds like it was always meant to be with those two together yeah yeah it's it uh i could see someone who's never heard either of the two songs i could see them mistaking this for something wholly original just because it they go together so well that you wouldn't even suspect that it was um a mashup yeah. And I don't know about you, Superstition is my favorite Stevie Wonder tune. Uh, my personal favorite is I Wish. Uh, I like Superstition a lot, but I Wish is definitely, that was probably the first Stevie Wonder song I ever heard. And that was um, definitely a good one to start with. Yeah, uh, for sure. No, that, I mean, that's on, on my short list of great Stevie Wonder songs. Um, so that's a, that's a good one as well. But yeah, I, I thought I remembered you saying that you like Stevie Wonder, which is why I threw this one on there. I and. Yeah, it, uh, he's definitely, I, I don't f- know a whole lot about his career. I know a lot of his big hits. Like I said, I have the greatest hits CD. Yeah. But he's another one I want to get more into as we go deeper and deeper. He's on the list. I have a whole thing of CDs I haven't listened to that I still <laughs> need to. Um, yeah, you, you can't go wrong with pretty much anything Stevie Wonder's put out. I mean, his whole catalog is, is great. So, you know, greatest hits, that's certainly a good place to start. Yeah. Yeah. The only th- other thing I have here about um, this particular track I, is um, I've, I think it's great music for driving, you know, and a nice sunny day with the windows down. Like it's, it's a great tune kind of bob your head to and enjoy the, the nice weather. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely going to have to add this uh, to my list. Uh, you sent, you sent me the band camp link, so I'll probably have to get it at some point. This is, for whatever reason, it's not on Spotify. I don't know if it's like a, a copyright or a rights thing or whatever, but um, he does have the whole album up on Bandcamp and it's he has it as a free download. So you could download oh, okay. the album, A Common Wonder, and listen to all of them. So, I mean, I think, well, maybe, I'm trying to remember. I don't think I Wish is one of the sampled stevie songs but there there's a whole bunch of th- it's about 15 or 16 tracks all in this kind of same vein so it's worth checking out the rest of it as well yeah i uh i i actually watched it um on youtube 
YouTube, someone made a lyric video using like footage of an airplane. Like the, it was this cool like 3D model type thing. Then um, it was a cool visual to go along with the song. Oh, cool. I do wish it was on Spotify or Apple Music, but clearing samples I know is like yeah so hard to do. Like I follow a lot of musicians, and um, like one one musician who I included on my list, uh, Jonathan Colton. Mm-hmm. did a uh, album entirely of 70s soft rock covers. Okay. And he, he talked about having to clear that and having like paying the money to do that yeah. is like interesting. It's an interesting process to go through. Yeah. I, I will say though, Spotify does have, if you look up a common wonder, um, Amerigo Gosway put up a playlist of all the like original songs that he pulls like his source material. Hmm for this album. So he has like superstition and the sixth sense as like just the, the original songs and they're all in the playlist. So, you know, that might be a, a cool place to check out as well. Just run down that playlist and hear, you know, the, the common songs and the Stevie songs. And there's some other, you know, random songs in there as well by other people um, that he, he used as part of this. So that, that's interesting. I, I like when, um, like cover music like when a band does a cover album yeah. and they they'll have a playlist of the originals i like that because as much as i like the cover music uh, sometimes you just can't beat the originals and, oh absolutely oh yeah it's i i have a few songs i've heard covers of that i think like it's three or four at most that i think okay this is a little better than the original but right. i can't even like think of them off the top of my head right right Okay, well, let's move on. And so we'll go to your next song, which is Inside My Head by Sugar, question <laughs> mark. So do you, say, do you say that sugar? <laughs> you raise, raise your voice at the end? I've never actually heard it pronounced just because uh, he's a relatively new musician. It's, yeah. uh, he's been around YouTube making stuff forever. His real name is Steven Suptic. He's been making stuff forever. I almost included one his previous venture, uh, Sugar Pine 7. He did a couple cool songs with some friends. But um, this one was his first release as Sugar. And I think it perfectly encapsulates him as an artist. Since then, he released an EP and a single. And the EP is called Oh Death. And it's just real good. It's like there's some storytelling in there. Um, and I feel like inside my head just kind of encapsulates everything that sums him up as an artist. Yeah. Um, I have my notes that this reminds me of Vampire Weekend. I don't know if you've ever listened to that band. Yeah. Yeah. So it kind of reminded me of Vampire Weekend or the band Fun. Yeah. It, it definitely has that indie pop vibe to yeah. it, which is something I have found myself liking more and more as I've gotten older. I like to use a lot of indie pop stuff when I'm making videos just because yeah. it, it is usually is very personal music. It had, and it, it tends to have like the more upbeat, you know, music, but yeah. uh, the lyrics tend to be a lot more personal or um, like inside my head is um, about like just anxiety. That's how I took it anyway. It's like anxiety and yeah. trying to figure things out. And I really like that. Yeah. I actually have, um, as one of my notes here, I could hear this being played in an indie record store or a coffee shop. Yeah, that's definitely uh, that. his vibe as a musician. Uh, some of his, like, he, again, he has like seven total songs right now. And most of them are very upbeat like that, but there are a couple um, 
more abstract ones, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah, I thought yeah. this had a nice groove. It was like pretty chill overall. Yeah, it uh, it's definitely something I like to listen to a lot. I um, own it just like on my phone just because I like to listen to it um, pretty much daily. It's not like, like um, Unshaken where I can listen to it on loop a ton, but it's definitely one that's in my heavy rotation. Yeah. No, it was good. I enjoyed it. Um, again, I, I really, I hadn't heard of them before, so I had no idea what to expect. I mean, the unique like spelling s-u-g-r question mark right off the bat was like all right what's this gonna be you know it didn't really tell you you know what style or where it falls you know some bands before you even hear a note you're like i know where this is going yeah you know but this i had no idea yeah it's it's definitely a it's like a unique take on um indie pop stuff if you like that i would definitely check out i would definitely recommend checking out oh death um, just because it's a very good, not really like a concept piece, but it, all the songs kind of go together very well. Um, and his newest song, Reruns, is very good. Yeah. So do you know, where is he from? Um, I actually do know. Like I said, he's been on YouTube for a while. He started yeah. off making like gaming videos. And his name, his name then is kind of reflective of how sugar is spelled now. It was H W N T pronounced haunt. Um, so I guess he has a history of spelling and pronouncing things strange. Um, <laughs> All right. But he, he's from uh, like Midwest America and he okay. uh, has been living in LA for quite a while. He worked for source fed for a while. If you know, if you're familiar with like those Philip DeFranco's whole venture. I'm not um, familiar with that. No. Uh, it was like a YouTube um, kind of like a daily show type thing where it was like they would cover current events and just do goofy stuff. Uh, yeah. So he, he's been around, you know, like the industry in air quotes for a while. Um, yeah. uh, and this is his latest, just trying to make something on his own. He's made a lot of music before, uh, but this is like his first real attempt at like a solo career type yeah. thing. I think it's real good for uh, what it is. Uh, he's he's friends with, uh, if you're familiar with the Rex at all, this like kind of indie, um, like alternative band. Uh, Rex, uh, I don't think so. I don't they think get so. they get a lot of play on like a, a Alt Nation. That was another one where I was like, okay. if I included this, it would be a too, too wide of a spread. I think, but yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, he uh, so like he's he has musician friends and just been has been working around this general field for a long time. Cool. Well, yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, that was a good addition for someone who I've never heard of. Might check out some of the other stuff. Cool. All right. Well, let's move on then to my next song, which was Black Radio, and that's by Robert Glasper Experiment. So this, um, I I mostly stuck with more the like hip-hop end of things I, I know you had mentioned that you listened to a lot of that kind of stuff so I tried to find some that maybe you haven't heard of but kind of went down that same kind of that same road so yeah black radio is kind of like jazz meets hip-hop yeah that's uh, that that's what I have like written down in my uh, notes here it's just like it's definitely an interesting blend of the two genres. 
Yeah, so Robert Glasper's uh, the piano player, keyboard player, um, and he's he's pretty big in uh, both worlds, I, I think, at this point, jazz and hip-hop, although probably a little bit more in, in the jazz world. Um, I think that's really where he got his, his start. Some of his older stuff is more like straight-up jazz. Um, but like the beginning of this tune, that really just – I think it sounds more hip hop than anything until that piano comes in, you know, a minute or two in, and then it kind of shifts gears. Yeah, it, it's definitely it. Um, it like almost catches you off guard. Uh, I had never heard of this at all, so I I didn't know what to expect going in, but it was very uh, it was very interesting. Yeah, and then it this particular track features. Uh, Yassine Bey, which is um, most deaf, if you're familiar with most deaf in, in the hip hop world. Yeah. I think he's gone by maybe a few stage names, but most deaf, I think, is probably his most popular. So you get kind of that, that hip hop side there. And I think the, the drummer in this one does a nice job kind of walking the line of both jazz and, and hip hop because they're they're pretty different as far as like drumming goes, but um, I think he did a nice job kind of toned the line of both. Yeah, I, uh, I definitely enjoyed it. Um, I wasn't the hugest fan of the singing. I think it's like towards the middle. Um, yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's definitely not like a deal breaker. It's still a very good song overall. I, re- I did really enjoy the whole like instrumental of it. I thought yeah. that was very, um, just the way the way it goes, it blends very well with what is being said. Yeah. The, the only, like, the only weird thing I, I have here was like, with like a minute or two left, it almost stops. And then it like comes back in for, for like the end. I'm not really sure what that's about. I, I, I don't really care for that, but. Yeah. It, it's definitely an interesting uh, take. I was reading some of the, the YouTube comments on it and it's definitely, I don't know if polarizing is the right word, but, uh, everyone seems to be kind of torn on the whole like uh just genre bending either it's like they really really like it or it's uh they they don't find it as appealing as some of the other people yeah and i mean i could see that if you're if you're a hip-hop head you might think it's too jazzy or if you're you know a traditional jazz guy you're probably thinking that you know what what are they doing to this jazz by having rap with it or whatever so you know, I could see how it could create some of that polarizing effect with people. I mean, myself, I, I listen to a little of everything and I find myself listening to both genres. So for me, the blending is nice, but if you're hardcore one way or the other, I can see where it might offend you. Yeah. Anyway, anything else? No, I, uh, I, I definitely enjoy that one. I think that was actually, um, I listened to the list out of order. I think that was the first one I listened to. Okay. Um, and I, it was a, like an interesting first impression to yeah. what was going to be the rest of the songs. Yeah, that would be, that's true. I think I, I think I put this list in specific order. Oh, oops. No, that's, that's <laughs> fine. Uh, but that would give you, yeah, if you listen to that first, that would be kind of change your mindset a little bit. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, it definitely, um, it let me kind of prepare myself for because then i listened uh to like six superstition it was just like cool different like two experimental things in a row yeah Um, 
it was interesting. Cool. All right. Well, let's move on then, and we'll go to your next song, which is Best Friend the Floor by Watsky. Yes, uh, this song is actually pretty new. It came out uh, in February, I believe. Okay. Watsky has been one of my favorite musicians since uh, eighth grade, I think. And he is kind of uh, known and uh, infamous within his fan base for always changing up his style. You know, he started doing, uh, he had a very viral video almost a decade ago at this point called Pale Kid Raps Fast. Okay. In, in which he uh, rapped over, I think, a uh, Busta Rhymes beat. And uh, that like made it on Ellen and stuff from that. And he's always been very interested in changing up his style. I almost included a, uh, in, in the same album, it, there's an 11 minute song that is like three songs in one that it has like a spoken word uh, breakdown halfway through. Cause he started as a poet. Uh, he was on uh, like okay. poetry slams for like HBO. Um, yeah, I could hear that for sure. Yeah. He, uh, he's definitely always been changing it up. Uh, his latest venture, the best friend the floor is from is called placement. And it's part of a three album series in which he just kind of tells different stories throughout each one. Uh, yeah. the, f- the first album came out last year. It's called complaint and is about like a relationship from start to end and just how, like um, how it goes. He's definitely a very interesting, he's always changing it up. This is probably my favorite song from that new album, just mm-hmm. because it's, it manages to take a lot of his older style, um, which is just kind of like, rap it it, it's an interesting way to describe it because he's um you know he started off doing some more like quote-unquote generic rap where it's just like you know he's had some big songs he did like epic rap battles of history videos but he manages to mix that style with his new more experimental style and i think it works out very well yeah i so when I saw that, the, the name Watsky seemed like vaguely familiar to me. I, I think I've seen the name somewhere, somewhere along the way, but I, I really was not familiar at all. Um, so again, with this one, I didn't really know what to expect from it. And as when it like first started, I thought it sort of reminded me a little bit of like Beck. Yeah. With, with the way it was arranged and as it kind of went on it then i was starting to think more like maybe like sublime it's definitely um a a blend of a lot of different things it's like i said he has been around for quite a while and he's had a few different he actually did um like a mixtape compilation kind of similar to a sixth superstition where it was uh he would take like old uh, like I think my favorite one is he took Rich Girl and uh, just made that a like a beat and uh, wrapped mm-hmm. over it and it was very interesting. And he, he said uh, the reason I keep bringing up all his old stuff is because he said in a recent like uh, interview that uh, the DNA of all of his older things is present in his newer stuff. And even if his fan base doesn't really see that, it's still you know like there to a degree. And I think this song kind of encapsulates that perfectly just because it's very old era for him. And then, like I said, his newer, more experimental stuff uh, with just some of the effects he has on his voice and the instrumental in general. Yeah. I mean, I think that's true with, with any musician, even as you evolve and change, you still have those roots that you've always had 
and you're you're still going to have that in your songs, even if style changes or you know maybe subject matter of your lyrics or or whatever you know you mature, but you still have those same roots. So I think that that definitely applies for pretty much everybody as as you evolve. Yeah, I definitely think it's it's interesting, especially for him. I actually saw him live last year, um, last October. Oh, really? Um, yeah, so we went to the. Yeah, we went to the Chameleon Club up in okay. Lancaster. Yep. Um, and it's just he's definitely one of the more genuine musicians because uh, a lot of his other songs, especially more recently, tackle just like his insecurities and his life in general. Like the uh, the eleven minute song I talked about earlier from him, "Dreams and Boxes," mm-hmm. is a just kind of breaks down like his fears and insecurities um the 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 theme he's very good at being thematically present throughout an entire project his biggest project um was called times infinity and it's a like uh, epic 23 track thing and he made a music video for every song and it's just it it just kind of blows my mind how one guy who manages to stay mostly you know, he has a very tight knit group of people that he works with um, that he can stay so like thematically consistent with each and every release he does. Yeah. So, I mean, overall, I'd say I enjoyed it. Um, at the end, I have, I think there's synth horns. Do you know, was that just synthesized or was, did, did he have actual trumpet sax? Uh I'm not sure. It wouldn't surprise me if they were real horns. Um, that's that's a that's actually a good example of um, incorporating older works. He did an, an entire album with uh, Anderson Pac. Yeah, and um, uh, that that album had a lot of more like real instruments because like you know uh, he, he drummed on every on almost every yeah. song, and um, horns were a very big piece in every song in that album um i've I've actually been getting into anderson a lot more recently anderson pack and um so i mean maybe that's where i've even heard of watsky before it wouldn't surprise me he uh they did they toured together for a while as well okay um but yeah it wouldn't surprise me if those were real horns just because uh he's very committed to just trying to get a very authentic feel but yeah, if, if you're interested in checking out more, I would definitely, uh, the album is called All You Can Do, the one with him and uh, Anderson Pack. It's, okay. uh, th- there's definitely a lot of good overlap there in styles. But yeah, th- this song specifically uh, is definitely my favorite from his latest album, just because it's, um, it kind of just takes everything that that album represents. And it's, it's only nine, nine tracks, takes everything it represents and kind of consolidates it into one song. Yeah. Great. All right, well, let's move on. And we'll go to my next song, which is Guns and Ships. And this is from the musical Hamilton by Lin-Manuel Miranda. Yes. You, you know what? That might be where you know Watsky from. He did a, um, he was part of the mixtape. He did uh, an oh. open letter on the mixtape. And that I don't know how. And yeah, that's I, probably where I know it then. Yeah, I, uh, I, I'm not the biggest Hamilton. I've never heard even all the songs. This was my first time hearing this song. It, I, I enjoyed it though. Yeah, I wasn't sure. Um, and I know you've been involved like with the musicals and things. So I figured I'd, I'd pick some <laughs> musical choice. And I thought this was like an interesting one and, and one to maybe 
get you hooked in if you haven't listened much before. This is definitely the probably most impressive rapping in the whole show, I think. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's fast rapping, and he's also doing it with a French accent, which I think would be difficult to do. I can't do it. Yeah, I, uh, I, like, I like that a lot. Um, like the, the fast rapping, it's not as prevalent as it was, you know, like five, ten years ago, but it's definitely yeah. still impressive every time you hear it. And I think it's slowly trying to make a comeback, barely. Just like, I mean, there was a whole Eminem song recently with a really fast part that everyone was hyper-focused on. Yeah. I like the song a lot. Um, I really like the beginning where it's very low key. It starts with like uh, just some subtle piano and there's like mm-hmm. snapping uh, and then it just, it builds and builds and builds. And then it hits the one, it hits that one moment where it just, yeah, everything kicks in at once. Yeah. And by the way, at that moment where everything kicks in at once, um, he also is like jumping off a desk at that moment <laughs> as well. So he's like jumping off a desk, flying through the air and rapping very quickly with a French accent. So it's just impressive, I think. Yeah, I, um, I'm actually kind of glad I waited to see Hamilton because, or listen to it because now it's coming to Disney Plus in like yeah. July. And yeah. I, I'm a very visual person when it comes to musicals. I can't really hear the songs and f- string them together. Um, so being able to see it all, like I had no idea about jumping off the desk. Yeah. Um, so it'll be very interesting to see. Yes, yeah, um, I'm really excited for it. I've, I've actually seen it on Broadway uh, multiple times. Uh, and I mean, seeing it is definitely, uh, it, it totally is way better than just listening to it. I mean, listening to it is great, but it all kind of comes together and really makes you appreciate it when, when you see the, the whole picture, for sure. Yeah, it's... Um... That's how I am with all musicals, um, just because, you know, I, I have a lot of opinions on how, you know, the Broadway industry is, like, not releasing things for people even after shows go off. But right. um, I am glad. I'm hoping this will make a change. I'm hoping this will do well enough on Disney Plus that people will start releasing musicals more. Um, because, yeah, it, like I said, I'm a very visual person. Um, my big example of this was... Um, I don't know if you're familiar with Be More Chill at all, but that was a musical. Uh, a little re- bit. I haven't listened too much, but I'm, I'm aware of it and generally, you know, what it is. For the longest time, it only really existed in album form because it was a very small show. And the album itself, it works as a concept album, but then like, you know, like the, someone found the script and put it online. And it, when you have the context, it completely yeah. changes it. So I, I can't imagine you know, the few Hamilton songs I do know, it'll yeah. be interesting to see them in a new light. Right. Um, the cool thing with Hamilton is that it is all, it's sung through. So basically what you hear on the soundtrack is everything. So there mm. aren't, it's not like they sing a song and then stop for five minutes and have dialogue and then go to the next song. Like it just goes straight through, which is also why at the end of this tune, it seems kind of like a weird ending. Like it's not really over, but, um, cause it just goes right into the next song then. Okay. So you could listen to the soundtrack and basically get the full picture of what's going on. You're not really missing anything. There's mm. one scene that's like a minute or two that is not on, on the album, but everything else is there. Yeah. Uh, like I said, I'm not super, uh, 
well-versed with uh, Hamilton, I think. My only experience with it was some of the songs on the mixtape, All the People, when I was in ninth grade. And that's when it was at its peak and everyone was talking about it all the time forever. Yeah, yeah like I said, uh, it's definitely a very interesting song. Uh, just like I'm a big fan of when songs kind of build up to a point and then cool back down. And this yeah. song does have that. It does have a point where it slowly kind of winds down. And I, I like that a lot. Yeah. All right. So let's keep going on and we'll go to your next song, which is Brave by Jonathan Colton. Yes. Jonathan Colton is probably the one musician that uh, I have been a fan of for probably the longest time. Uh, I remember listening to his music back when I was in like second or third grade. Uh, and last year I actually got uh, uh, his uh, three major albums on vinyl um, nice. just, just because he was doing like a Kickstarter and that was one of the rewards. Yeah. And just uh, this, this song brave is off of a concept album called solid state, which has a tie in book that I have on my uh, shelf over here. It's like a graphic novel book that, tells a story that coincides with the music and this song is kind of uh, the big one off the album uh, is the one that when people hear the album this, or when people hear the name this is the one that comes up okay and to give it a little bit of context it's um it's the the story is about an internet troll basically and how you know the future is terrifying and how love and humanity is our only real hope yeah uh, which is a very interesting thing for an album to tackle, but it works out very well. But Brave especially is where it kind of, it comes to a head because the whole story is uh, told in two, there's two different stories. There's uh, some more synth heavy sci-fi songs about like a futuristic society. Mm-hmm. And then there's the songs like Brave, which are um, just that take place in a roughly modern day equivalent and it's just, it, it's a very interesting way to tell a story because if you hear all the songs, even if you hear them all in a row, you wouldn't even particularly know there's a huge overarching story until you read the companion book that goes with it. But Brave especially is the, um, just kind of the quintessential song from this album. Yeah. Because yeah, I have that, this is the most like alternative rock sounding song so far. Yeah. You know, just like straight alternative rock. <laughs> pretty straight ahead like instrumentation like nothing too weird or out there and his voice sounds a lot like a lot of 90s rock singers i think yeah you know it has that sound to it um are, are you familiar with jonathan colton at all like, not you know? at all no so um he he got his start in probably the coolest way ever in 2005 he had his daughter and quit his job because he wanted to raise his daughter in a, just a, a, a better household than having to be at work all the time. Yeah. Uh, and he worked as a, like a, 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 I guess a coder is the word at a, like a software company, mm-hmm. but he wanted, he's wanted to be a musician all his life. So inspired by dial a song by um, they might be giants. Okay, he, yeah. he decided to do a thing called thing a week where he would release a new song every week for a year. And he did for, I mean, there, there were a couple delayed, you know, here and there just because of how life tends to go. Yeah. 
And you may have even heard some of his songs, so they've been around the internet forever. He also did uh, the ending credit songs for both Portal games, and that's how a lot of people know him. All right. But this song just kind of, like I said earlier, uh, harkens back to his roots. Uh, A lot of his older songs had kind of a gimmick to them where there was like just kind of an overarching joke to them. You know, he had a song about a giant squid that was sad because it couldn't have any friends because it's a giant squid. (laughs) Or um, a song about zombies uh, that are like business people and they're like speaking as if they are like higher ups at a company. Interesting. And he kind of takes that, he takes that older format of just one consistent theme through a song and works it into this one very well. And... I, th- I think it works. It's uh, it, and it harkens back. the The Solid State album is very synth heavy. Uh, if you listen to some of the other songs, they're almost entirely uh, digital at some points. But this okay. one is a very good. Uh, like a lot of his classic songs were just like a drum machine and an acoustic guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, All right. Yeah, it's a uh, it's an interesting interesting album overall. And there's even like a small. Uh, bonus EP of songs that were cut because they didn't really fit the story. And two of those songs are actually some of the best from this whole era of his. Um, yeah, that happens a lot. The, the songs that get cut are some of the best. I found that with some of the yeah. albums that I like as well. Yeah. And that's, uh, and like I said, he just kind of um, does whatever he wants at this point. Like he's like, uh, I mentioned earlier, um, he recently released, a album of all 70s uh, soft rock songs. Yeah. Um, just because they're, they're the songs he grew up with and the most inspiring to him. And I am a huge fan of an indie musician who just does whatever he wants. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's also why I like Watsky, just because it's very do what you want when you want type thing. Yeah. No, that's cool. Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. It was good. It, you know, it was pretty straightforward. Like nothing flashy nothing really jumping out at you but um yeah i think probably the lyrics would be what maybe would draw you in more than anything oh yeah he's a he's a very talented songwriter like i said he he can take one theme and consistently stretch it and then you know you're left wanting more and then especially with this album the next song can give you that little bit more that you want he even uh, he worked with Amy Mann on this album. Okay. Uh, she's she's in it for a song called "Pictures of Cats." <laughs> um, All right. Yeah, it, this whole album is definitely probably not the best introduction to him as a whole, just because it's more on the experimental side. But yeah. it really works, um, just because his voice and his talent alone is very, um, very, very unique to him. Yeah. He also. Uh, he wrote, this is just a more recent thing. Um, he wrote uh, a song for the recent SpongeBob musical. And that's, uh, he wrote uh, Bikini Bottom Day, I believe. Was the oh, really? That, uh, uh, I believe it was that song. But yeah, he, uh, he did that. And uh, if you watch the show, The Good Fight on CBS, they do like a song each week. All right. Uh, he writes those. And um, the show Brain Dead, which I liked, it's a, it's a political satire show. They had a recap at the start of every episode and he would write that and it was a really good way of like just like a humorous recap of each e- previous episode yeah 
So his talent definitely is not bound by one genre. He can do pretty much anything. Yeah, and it sounds like he's doing a lot of writing too. Like that's oh, yeah. a lot to put out like, you know, one a week and doing this project and that project. I mean, you listed off a lot of stuff he's doing. So um, yeah, that's, that's cool. Yeah. So I may have heard other stuff before and just not known who it was or what it was or whatever. Yeah, he, he's been around since uh, 2005. Like he had, you know, he was one of the people, he had his own website. It was back when Slashdot was still a thing. A couple of his songs uh, got some traction there. Back before, like, you know, there was like Facebook and Reddit and other social yeah. medias. That was like, yeah, he's, he's definitely, um, his recent stuff, he kind of takes the like alternative and rock genre and kind of flips it on his head. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would definitely, if you like this song, his album Artificial Heart is very akin to this. And I like that one a lot. Awesome. All right, let's keep moving along. So we'll get to my next song, and that is Fists of Fury by Kamasi Washington. So I picked this one because I know we've had some brief conversations about Kendrick Lamar. And so I want to play this for you because Kamasi was a big part of Kendrick Lamar's How to Pimp a Butterfly album. Yeah, which is... uh you know that that and good kid mad city are some of my favorite albums of all time yeah so all the like jazzy background stuff that is on how to pimp a butterfly is all pretty much because of kamasi washington he's playing on it and he wrote most of that stuff so um but this is kamasi's own work more in the jazz world than the hip-hop world yeah it's definitely um I was when I when I searched it up, I was a little surprised to see it was nearly ten minutes. Yeah, yeah, that's not even the longest on on the album. The that particular album is like three three discs. Um, oh wow! Yeah, and that's uh, it's called Heaven and Earth is is the album, and yeah, it's I mean there's a lot of stuff there, and there's some really great players, and Kamasi actually just also scored um, music for the new uh, Michelle Obama documentary that's on Netflix. Wow. Yeah. So um, he did the work to that. Um, He's really, he's a pretty big name right now in like modern jazz. Yeah. I, um, I, I definitely like this one a lot. Um, It is definitely a song you want to listen to with good headphones on. Just like I said earlier, I'm a huge fan of like a song slowly building up and this song is very very good at that it has like a very slow intro and you know you just get a little taste of all the instruments that are going to be used yeah and then you start to get like uh i wrote the um i really like the piano breakdown where it's just like the piano going the piano is like amazing on this on this particular track i think that's one of the standouts of this one oh yeah i i I like that and the um the the like the horn solo, um, very good. There was just like that, it's a very similar part later on. It was definitely different from the other stuff on this list, but it, it was very, very good. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I've written that the song is epic because of its length and its different parts and just the, the overall feel of the song feels epic. Um, in fact, I have, sounds like it could be in a Quentin Tarantino movie. 
that yeah that's a good way of describing it um the ending of it is uh definitely probably my favorite part because it just it ends super strong too yeah uh, i wrote that i wrote that down because it stuck out to me really bad really hard i guess yeah i def- definitely enjoyed that song a lot yeah it's i think it's probably my favorite song uh from that particular album which is his newest album right now and um it just gets me pumped it's it's a great song musicianship is really high and um i try and share it with as many people as possible yeah it's uh it, it's very good i'm definitely gonna have to check out the rest of that um just because i like i definitely like songs like that um that i can just put on and just kind of like vibe to just like while i'm editing or something that you can hear but you don't need to focus a ton on because it's yeah. doing all the work for you yeah so i'll definitely have to check out more yeah check it out heaven and earth is the album so moving on to your last song and the song is saint like by jakey yes this is another um youtuber i've been watching uh, he's been making music for a while but only in 2017 i believe started releasing it publicly he was a drummer for a long time like in high school and i think even in middle school uh so he's very familiar with you know like how to structure a good like beat yeah a good sense of rhythm sure yeah and this is um he has a lot of very each song he's released he's only released five i think total right now each song is very different from the last and I chose Saint like because it's very good at just kind of showing you everything he can do he I like his singing voice um, you know he makes the instrumentals himself and then his actual rapping is very um, you know he, he can use it to be comical like he yeah. uh, he quotes uh, Sir Mix-a-Lot's um, Baby Got Back as part of the chorus yeah yeah he's definitely doing some interesting things like with his voice and, and uh, yeah, being comical about things. Uh, the, the album, I don't know if it's still titled this because uh, it was announced in 2017 and he said recently there's been a lot of changes to it. The album it's off is set to be called Dead Friends and uh, this song is actually dedicated to all the people in his life. Uh, he made it after it hit, I believe, 100,000 subscribers on YouTube and um, it's definitely the most thematically present song. Like a lot of the other ones you have to, you know, like he'll post little like summaries of each one uh, or like he'll describe them in the lyrics. Uh, But this one just on a first listen, you can sort of pick up everything it's trying to say. Yeah. I have um, that. This seems like a modern day teenage angst song like that, you know? Yeah, he um, he definitely uh, hits that vibe with some of his other songs. Um, he has one called uh, Medium, which is uh, sort of also, like, on a first listen, it sounds like a very generic rap song, and it has a lot of swears in it. <laughs> That's why I did not choose it for this list. But uh, he explained the actual meaning of it and how each each song kind of builds off of the last one released. His latest one is called Not Dead Yet. Okay. And that one, uh, actually, if you're familiar with Anthony Fantano, um, he did a review of it. And that one is very genre-breaking because it's not very rap. It's more like alternative 
I feel like the seeds for that were sown with Saint Lake because it's just kind of, I don't know if you watched the video or if you just listened on Spotify. Yeah, I just um, So the, uh, the video kind of tells a little bit about the song a little more. Uh, it's about, a lot of it is just him by himself, but there are segments of him with, uh, you know, two of his closest friends. Um, and they just, it, it's a very interesting vibe for it. And I'm very interested to see what he does in the future musically. Yeah. It, yeah, it's something I probably wouldn't have listened to on my own or probably even discovered it on my own, but but it was interesting to listen to. And I definitely enjoyed at least parts of it for sure. I, I think, like you said, kind of the, the rhythm of of his, his rapping was solid um, and the kind of change of tempo as he went as well with you know, sometimes a faster rapping and other times, you know, a little bit more held back. But yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I think the uh, the instrumental is probably my favorite part of the song where it uses kind of a, uh, like a, not really a hymn type, but like it has like an organ as part of it. Um, yeah, I have just like or- organ question mark in my notes. <laughs> or synth, so yeah, I was picking up on that too. Yeah, uh, he, he, he makes all the instrumentals himself. Um, okay. That's cool. And I think that one uh, is probably... Probably my favorite of his, if you're interested in more uh, of the rapping that he does, he has a song called South Dakota that is just straight up him rapping through the whole thing. And it's a very like, it's a much heavier like beat. And it's a lot, I guess, like quote unquote harder, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is uh, probably, probably my tied for first with my favorite song of his. Okay, Cool. All right, well then let's move on to the last song here on the list, which is my last pick. And the song is The Fire by The Roots. I liked this song a lot. It was uh, definitely a lot more, uh, I guess, traditional hip hop. Yeah. Uh, you know, air quotes. But right. um, it was off the Creed soundtrack. Uh, soundtrack uh, and both Creed soundtracks worked very well as just rap albums on their own. I don't know if you've listened to them all the way through, but... No, I, I haven't. Um, it, it's on probably my favorite Roots album, which is How I Got Over, which is also phenomenal. Yeah, I um, like I said, when I, I searched these all up on YouTube, and the, um, the, the Creed soundtracks on their own are just very good. I've actually, I haven't seen the movies. I know people like them, but um, yeah. just there's a lot of, uh, lot of good songs on those uh, if you're interested in, in more obviously it's very rap centric just because of how the story of the movie's telling with um, Apollo Creed. But um, I really, I really did enjoy this song. It was definitely the most, I guess, uh, traditional song from your list. Uh, I liked it a lot. Yeah. I, um, I've liked the roots since before they were with Jimmy Fallon. Um, And I think they, I really enjoy their music because of using the real instruments and, and having a lot of musicianship behind the rapping. And not to mention that I think Black Thought's one of the best rappers out there. Freestyler, for sure. I, you know, I really enjoy what he does. And, you know, I think they're really dynamic. I think they could play a lot of different styles and make them sound good. And even within, you know, one album of theirs, you'll hear a lot of, different styles and, and 
everything. So for me, that that's kind of what draws me to them. Yeah, it's definitely. Um, I'm I'm not super familiar uh, with the roots. Obviously, like you said, Jimmy Fallon. But yeah, um, yeah, I, I definitely enjoyed this song. It. I'm sure whatever moment it's used for in the movie is like a very uh, tense kind of, you know, just. Yeah, I I haven't seen the movie, so I'm not sure what moment it's used for. But yeah, I'm sure it's a a good moment, a good moment in the movie. And um, I should also say that this particular track also features John Legend. So like the piano playing you heard there, and I think he does a little bit of the like singing parts. Uh, that's John Legend. So there's, you know, s- some of that bridge over to that side of things as well. Yeah. Uh, like what you said about instrumentation, I, obviously I, I'm not super familiar with instruments. I never really learned how to play anything besides vague, vaguely piano. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I'm more on the digital side, but I do uh, greatly appreciate like the way um, real instruments sound, especially uh, like I said, live. Um, I've been to a few. I've been to three concerts in my life total. Um, okay. And one of them used, like, it was like digital. It was just an instrumental with the people singing over it. And I was like, okay, this is kind of lame. Because uh, <laughs> then compared to like, uh, like when I saw uh, Watsky live, yeah. he, he incorporates both because obviously uh, his band is a lot smaller than a lot of other musicians uh so he has partially like the stuff that you you can't really do live like uh he'll have the more synthy synthy stuff as a pre-recorded thing but then like the drummer as a phenomenal he was one of the openers even uh for the show we saw he was like the drummer was the opener oh okay um and he'll have his his guitarist there and he'll have a backup singer for like the choruses and stuff yeah and so I, I definitely really appreciate real instrumentals, even as a more digital person. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, with the tools that are around today, you know, I, I think the the musicians who can blend both are going to probably be the most successful. Yeah. Using that technology that's available, but still using just, you know, the instruments that everybody knows. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely like it's very interesting. Um, we're living in a very strange era where anyone can do whatever they want and find some form of success. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and you know, I noticed with all your picks and as you're talking about them and describing it, I think all of them were more than just about the song. You were like, oh, well, this is well, if you know this book of poetry that goes with it, and this one, well, there's yeah. a video for every song, and they all tie together and you know, so there, it's kind of more of a, a bigger picture, more, um, I don't know if artistic is the word, or more creative in, in the delivery. But, um, you know, that I, I kind of saw that as the, the trend connecting all of your songs. Yeah, I, um, I definitely am a bigger picture person when it comes to music, especially. Um, you know, I've had ideas for stuff I want to do that I want to hold off on just because I want to make it just as grand as it can be, I guess. Like specifically, uh, like Watsky, the album I mentioned, Times Infinity. 
every music video, like you said, tied together and was almost, he released it as a full like movie almost. And the coolest thing he did with that was he would show the movie and then, and his band would play the whole thing live. And he had like an actual orchestra because there's a lot of strings and stuff mm. in that album. Oh, okay. But yeah, the the bigger picture thing is definitely what I look for in music. You know, I sometimes I like to throw a playlist on shuffle. But a lot of the time I like to just listen to an album start to finish. That's why I need to get a new record player. But for a while I really liked records because you yeah. don't really have the option to shuffle. You put it on and you just start and it just goes from there. Yeah, my I have a ton of vinyl. My preferred, you know, when I just have time to just sit down and look, truly listen, uh, the best is just to put that record on and just listen, start to finish the way it was intended to be heard. You know, yeah. with this collection of songs in this order, you know, musicians put a lot of thought into that. How, you know, how you hear it, what order you listen. This song should be first. This opens the album, and and you know, so on. So I totally get you there. I I agree and. You know, when I have the time, you know, obviously it's different if you're doing other things or you're in the car or whatever. Yeah. Then it's more, you know, digital or shuffle or whatever. But, you know, when I'm just looking to sit down, listen to some music, put on a good album, vinyl's definitely the way to go. I I, I really like what you said about um, musicians putting a lot of thought into that. Because, like I said, two of the albums I listed, um, Solid State by Jonathan Colton and Placement, Iwatsky, um like Solid State is a concept album. It tells a story from start to finish, and the book just kind of helps you see in like the other side of that story that's not told in the music. Yeah. Um, and Placement, like I said, is part of a three-album series: um, Complaint, uh, Placement, and Attention. And Attention isn't out yet, but uh, each song is each album is nine songs, and they all tell a very concise thing. And he's talked a little bit about how hard it is to figure out what to have and what not to have yeah uh, and he he releases he's uh with he's released b-sides before songs that didn't make the cut um and he's going to be releasing more of those soon but it'll be very interesting to see because he said the three albums tell an overarching sort of story but also are meant to be heard individually and that's really cool to me that he's planned all this out you know yeah. like years in advance uh, and It'll be interesting to see how it turns out. But yeah, I've always thought if I ever wanted to do music, that's what I would try to focus on, is just trying to make a sort of overarching, you know, connected thing. Yeah, makes it more of a piece of art versus just a song or whatever. Yeah, I uh, my, my one friend is working on a big art project like that uh, that I really, really enjoy. Um, and I hope it gets a lot of attention whenever it starts to be released. But um, yeah, it'll be very interesting to see if music starts to trend more that way or um, in like the shuffle era that we're in, if it, you know, we don't have radio singles as much anymore, but artists will still release like their favorite songs first. And that kind of, you know, in a way detracts from the overall album, hearing it out of context, but yeah. It's a way to get it heard more, I guess. That's true. That is true. So overall impressions of, of my five picks for you? I really liked them. They were um, I the definitely stuff I wouldn't have heard of otherwise, probably. But, I mean, obviously, aside from H- Hamilton. But um, 
it was very interesting. I'm definitely going to look into, uh, especially, you know, the, like the jazzier stuff more because I like, I like jazz and I like rap music. So, yeah, you know, the, the, the overlap there it's kind of hard to come by a lot of the time unless yeah. it's like Kendrick Lamar but uh or Anderson Pack but so I'll definitely have to look into more of the songs awesome well um thank you for joining me today uh it was a fun conversation and probably yeah. more than we've ever talked before <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it was nice all right. Well, we'll wrap it up there. Thanks again for coming on and, and talking. Yeah. And the best of luck to you going best forward. Of luck to you too. Whatever comes of this. <laughs> and good luck with your creating, writing, whatever you want to call it that you're looking to do. And, uh, you know, please, please do share when you finally come up with something you're, you're happy about. Yeah, I, I'll I'll be sure to post about it anywhere I can, I guess. But uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, thank you for having me on. Sure, it was fun. Stay stay healthy, stay safe, and um, maybe I'll see you sometime. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> All right, have a good one, Kyle. You too. All right, see ya. is dismissed.